Hello, everyone, and welcome to our brand new podcast titled The, the Chromatic, Chromatic Duo, Two Black Music Educators Podcast, with your co hosts, Lily and Jamal, where we are two black music educators who happen to be married. And we are inviting you to come vibe with us as we discuss our journeys and perspectives thus far into the world of education. Let's get it. duo and we are here with our second episode called reality check and basically we are here to share our experiences of what a typical journey as a music educator is in an undergrad and we're going to kind of share with you just some things that we went through some classes and basically how it affected us to now in our current jobs. So the first thing uh, I want to start out with is kind of a reality. Um, when you get into the classroom, you are not prepared all the time of what your students may say mm-hmm. and the ideas and lessons that we talk about. So for example, we are approaching, we're in the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. We are um, out of school on this Monday and we are excited not only for just a day of rest, but a day to also reflect on the importance of his legacy. So part of our curriculum starts talking about uh, Dr. Martin Luther King and Quaver Ed is our curriculum that we use in our district. And it's a wonderful, wonderful curriculum. If you aren't, do not have a set curriculum that your district goes by. Definitely advocate to have Quaver Ed in your district because it is an amazing resource that can cover absolutely anything when it comes to music, especially in the elementary field. Like, yeah. I think that curriculum goes from, like, pre-K all the way to the eighth grade. So, like, it's it's geared towards elementary all the way to, like, middle of secondary. Right, and especially if you're, like, middle school, even if you teach, teach like, band or general music still, you can still have Quaver as part of the curriculum, especially if you're like, oh, I'm not sure what to do. This really covers a whole lot. And they've even dosed so much to expand to even PE mm-hmm. and um, other subjects, and even in the classroom for those that don't have music programs. So, What we kind of done this week mm-hmm. is um, talked about Dr. King, and there's a whole song-based lesson titled the uh, He Had a Dream song. And so it's a really cool song that uh, I've done in my classes for the past three years, mm-hmm. and my students absolutely love the song, especially the body percussion that we come up with. And but we, uh, yes, yes, I came up with body percussion. Like, um, it's allowed me to be a little bit more creative, and especially teaching with the boomwhacker part and the orphan instruments to go along with it. I really start the uh lesson off by asking them a few questions about Dr. King, and there are a lot of various responses, like, like you said, that you're not prepared for what kids will say about Dr. King, yes, and. What's funny is, as we're teaching our lessons, <laughs> always like, for me particularly, I like to ask background info. Like, what is some background knowledge? And it's good to kind of gauge what your kids already know, so then they, you can go from there. So, before I, I pulled it up through Quaver, Dr. Malibu King, He Had a Dream, is the song in Quaver, and it's actually on YouTube through Quaver Ed, if you don't have Quaver and like to listen to it. Um, to talk about your students but I asked them okay so what do y'all know about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and 
you know, I get the various responses and the most infamous one that all kids seem to know about him. The number one response, of course, I got consistently from each class was he died. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, <laughs> you know, if nothing else, they were like, yep, um, he died. You know, he had his life taken away. Yeah, that is true. That's true. It is. It is very true. Okay, what else more do you know? And so, you know, some of the kids that you have, your kids that will come through just like, yes, he fought for equal rights. He was a big part of the civil rights movement. And you're like, okay, right track. And then you get the answers where you're like, okay, I've had several different answers. One, um, that they thought he was president. Oh, okay. That, you know, uh, and then also that referencing back to how he died was he was on the train and he died on the train. Wait, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. You want to run that back by me one more time? <laughs> yeah, so in response, and this was an older kid. This was a fifth grader that oh, no. said, yeah, um, he was on the train. I'm like, no, he was on the train. And I was like, no, he was not on the, the train at all when that <laughs> he happened. He was not on the he, train. So, you know, so really the reality is is that Kids, one, besides kids are going to say that really the darnest things they really do. But also, it's important to make sure that you are filling in with those those gaps. And that's what teaching is about. It is about being able to spit more knowledge to the students that they can take under the belt. So to realize that not only, you know, we are off on this holiday, but to know why. And I like to really stress the importance of why. Why do we know it? Why was his legacy super important to be able to impact all of us that we had to take a day off? So, yes, your younger kids may not really understand it just yet, but especially your older kids. Like, we can get into the third, fourth, fifth grade, even as young as second grade, the way you explain it. Um, they're able to really get a sense of this is why we're out. You know, this is why. And this is why this is so important because he made such a huge impact and legacy. And so with teaching, you know, we are we are given this curriculum. And yes, it is an awesome guide to help us go by the book because yes, this is our spring framework. However, it's okay to expand you know, upon expand it. Expand a little bit and do your own research. Of course, you know, and with our standards, our standards, especially in our in Alabama, our music standards, there have become so broad to where you can incorporate in a variety of ways. And a lot of it is really responding. How did the context of music is affected by his historical structure? And so you're able to expand just a little bit more into, you know, what the curriculum has to offer. Yeah, you're right. And especially when you're diving into more uh, research on what you're discussing with your students, it's okay to throw in some extra facts that pertain to what you're exactly talking about. Because especially with Dr. King, what I didn't know is what you told me is what you learned is that um, his wife, Coretta Scott King, was actually a music teacher, studied to become a music teacher. And she, and knowing that, I know that's a good relatable topic to bring in the kids because she's not talked about a lot um, in the curriculum or especially in the textbooks that we have grew up 
um, talking about in the civil rights movement. That would have been an interesting thing to learn about when we were talking about Dr. King and other civil rights leaders because she was a part of it also with him. Right, and especially in our Quaver curriculum, they don't mention they don't mention her at all. Mm-hmm. They mention, you know, like his infamous, his speech, I Have a Dream speech. They mention his children, mm-hmm. but they don't mention her. And so, really, and this wasn't because she's not of importance, but that was a perfect opportunity to be like, oh, you know, I know, I grew up, you know, I knew about his wife, and I knew about Credit Scott King. And so, let me kind of look into her a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Because I knew, you know, the library book, she has the Credit Scott King Award. But looking more about her past, I was just like, wow, not only her, but Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., he was also into music as well. And a lot of it, more so as you find it, was through church. Mm -hmm. And really, she did a lot of singing. After she went, it was the New England Conservatory of Music, she um, studied in voice, and she studied in, I think it was piano, but also she played some violin. She Mm -hmm. played a few things. She was very musically um, inclined and talented. But she spent a lot of her time playing through the church and singing through the church. Now, of course, being married to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., she wasn't able to really fulfill and live out her few, her fullest musical dream. And I think she's even said that in some interviews. But um, just knowing that fact about her, and that relates to me because as a black like, female you know, music educator i'm just like wow like chris got king like was in music so it's really cool to see that and also to be able to share that with the kids like and to break it down like this was who she was but did you know she went to school for music like i did mm-hmm. and they're like wow so to be able to make that connection and so we just wanted to we just wanted to share that with you because all in all we want to just show you how it important is to one you know, make sure that whatever you're teaching, find a connection with your students. Mm-hmm. And it's important to know the history behind things because yes, we're gonna you're gonna receive many different answers regardless because they don't know. It's mm-hmm. not their fault. They just don't know. But then it's that's why it's so much more important to deep to dive down and be educators and to educate and be like, this is the facts, like mm-hmm. this is the truth. Like to be able to make the impact so then they can continue to share that, the factual information, and to be able to spread that with others. And, and to spread has, a positive yes. impact with our students too, because the reality of it is that we can do some research for us as education majors, but when you actually get out in the field, you're going to have to do some more research, do the extra work to research and give the best positive factual information to your kids that's the reality check right and at the end of the day it allows us to because we're constantly learning yes growing, so it gives us extra knowledge too so that we're ba- we're better equipped to be able to to handle it yeah and it doesn't hurt to learn too much so you're right that's the cool thing about that mm-hmm. so on that note let's dig into our topic a bit shall we Going back to our episode title, Reality Check, Jamal and I thought it would be a nice segue from our intro episode to talk about... More in detail about like what was it like in our college days, and more specifically, what was it like as an education major in our college days? Yes, because uh, we... 
before we even jump into college, we all have some sort of reason why. And as you get, especially if you're in college right now or you're going to enter college, more than likely your teachers or professors will ask you, what is your why, your philosophy? And everybody's philosophy of education is different because we all have different views of things. We're going to align in the same things in some ways, but for the most part, everybody has a different reason. And you definitely don't do it for the money. Please do not put that in your philosophy. Do not say <laughs> we're doing it for the money. Yeah. Do not, don't say that, please. <laughs> That's not the philosophy. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we definitely don't. But we want to just kind of share a little bit of a typical educational journey as you if you're thinking about going as an education major specifically more so music education major kind of things you may expect some things uh you may go through and hopefully the end the predicted outcome that we all want at the end of it the survival guide of education <laughs> it's something all right no so starting off when we're like I said as again we're basing off our from our experience. This is our experience mm -hmm. uh, as we went through our university at uh, the University of North Alabama, and these are just kind of some things that we have experienced in education, and some things that we as we're talking about it, we look back on and say oh, I wish it was this, wish it was better, like this, and this is just specifically talking about just education. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So first off, going into education. Our typical experience was one, you really don't get into your educational classes until about a much good, later. Yeah, good, definitely more than two. A good, maybe your third, third or fourth, last cup, last, yeah, third, fourth, third, and beyond. Fourth, yeah. Hopefully, you're not in, we're not, well, not trying to, but it is a lengthy experience depending on how of course it's depending on how many it's not a typical four-year degree there's a lot that goes into that um degree is not a four-year degree but it is not just well, shy anybody away from it but it there's a lot that goes into being music education yeah it can be now it can be a four-year however that is if you take a bunch of 18-hour classes you take a bunch of classes during the summer and because I've seen it done, it Ooh. has been done. I even have a friend, I think, did it in four and a half years. Ooh. And yes, it took us about what, five? About five, <laughs> five and, and a half. half. Yeah. So it took us about about five and a half. Um, but I, it can be done. However, it's very stressful because there's a lot in the components of being a music education major. And more so because the music side, it's like, at our university, there's not really a music education program. It's music Without and then there's education. Mm -hmm. So you're basically, it's a double major. Mm -hmm. And as you start out, like all everybody is taking their general eds. Your general eds are important because that must be completed before you even want to apply to be a part of the educational college college of true. education i recommend you take your general eds in the summertime because they're much easier in the summertime but also take it at a uh, community college and be a transient student so you can transfer those credits to your uh degree now you can take them in the year but it's easier if you take them at a community college get those gen eds out the way during the summertime 
transfer them over and that can help you get through just maybe a little bit quicker but also take less classes throughout the semester that helps yeah yeah if you can definitely summer classes do help a lot and what in our experience what we've done we took them at a community college too we took some gen ed classes at, calhoun. at uh, yes calhoun and that did help a lot because it does help you it's a little bit it's a, it's a little bit easier because you have the summer, but then also you have a lesser time to do it. Mm-hmm. So, and that's just anywhere you, anywhere you do it. It's a shorter time because basically your week assignments are like a day. Yep. You know, you don't have a th- four, four months to do your work. You got a month to do it. So it's a little bit more to keep up with, especially if you do other things like you work or you volunteer, help out. If you're even music people, band camps, mm-hmm. that's pretty much our gig a lot of our gigs over the summer it is doable but um you do have to set the time to be able to do it yep. but that does help a lot to help catch up on those hours especially during that some during the semester because it can get challenging and also the interesting thing is is that with a lot of music courses usually a majority of those courses are only one credit hour or no credit <laughs> hours so whereas if you're <laughs> majoring in something else you know, you're going to have about maybe four classes and that's going to equal to about 12 12 hours. hours. However, if you're a music major, then to get 12 hours, you're going to probably have at least maybe eight classes, eight. Yeah. Eight classes, Mm -hmm. because a lot of them are only going to equal one credit hour and to be full time, you must have 12 or more. Yep. So that was, that was kind of, that's kind of what to expect a little bit your gen eds and then you get to education now until but until you complete those gen eds you can't get into the college of education yet Mm -hmm. so why are you teaching that yet you're digging into the music courses and a lot of that is your fundamental courses um fundamentals of music yes music theory your sight singing ear training uh your instrument classes like uh, instrument uh Mm -hmm. methods classes voice and um and even like maybe a little bit of your music ed courses. Yes. Yeah, even a little bit of your music ed courses, like me- instructional methods classes for your instrument, maybe like conducting or secondary music methods, elementary music methods. Now, some programs, I've actually researched this. I know the University of Alabama, they have two parts to their instrumental methods classes. They have a part one for elementary music methods and a part two. And then they even have a part one and two for like woodwind methods, brass methods, just so everybody gets a chance to understand the pedagogy of the different instruments and the different methods to instruct those things. Because as a music teacher, you have to be able to teach any aspects of music. Now, if you're just going to be in band or in choir, then yeah, that's what you're going to teach and teach and all that good stuff. But if you're in elementary, you're teaching every aspect of music from the instrument side to the choral side to the general part to the history history part so you have to be oh i forgot music history you gotta take that also you gotta take music history curves also so that's a part of your curriculum as a music teacher all those courses do apply when you become a music teacher are you going to be teaching like seventh chords and all the good stuff elementary not all the time but you can but it can help you as you're building your lessons and curriculum as elementary music but that's what it goes into as you're going through that 
Right, right. And to segue off of what you <laughs> segue off to what you have said, when that to get into all the what you're going to be teaching and what we're not going to be teaching, it is because there's not really a set now at our university, there's not really a set of if you're going to just want to teach elementary music, you're going to need this. If you're going to teach just band, choral, whatever else in music, you're going to need that. And so, and that, that gets into a whole nother thing of, you know, what can be done. That's talking about if we were trying to, what we wish we could see if we were coming through the changes that we wish we could see. But yes, you have your other courses. And however, the big thing that we get out of our music is really how to teach music. Mm -hmm. Does regardless of what level you teach, you learn how to teach music. You learn more about music, the foundations and the skills that you need to be able to eventually, you know, show someone else or apply it to yourself and to, for us to eventually teach it to someone else. And so as we're in our music classes, we'll also, depending on you, like what you're going towards more, for example, you know, we're both, instrumental music majors so Mm -hmm. we were heavy with the band side so band was our big thing we met daily and bread and butter oh yeah we met daily there was practices sectionals you name it Mm -hmm. Uh, games exhibitions and especially in the first semester in the fall i would say that is very very heavy on that and Trying to balance your schedule yes. with the practice rehearsal and performances on top of a heavy course load. It, it was a struggle. I, I, I will admit it was a struggle, but there's a way to find balance. Yes, there's there's a way to find balance to all of it. But yes, it took a big toll. You know, there was a lot. And it met at the same time. It was very consistent in how we met. So it was something like you expected weekly. Mm-hmm. But the other things of yeah eventually learning how to balance all that with everything else that's a whole nother thing in itself because mm-hmm. it takes a lot of discipline to be able to really schedule out your time and days to be able to fit everything into one day sometimes because there's not enough hours in a day and then you find that you can't fit everything to one day and then it has to go on to another week. another day and another week prioritizing so with that we were very heavy on that and so we were focused on the band and then our music courses really did focus more on how to teach band Mm -hmm. because like we only had a couple there was only a few like i said we're not it wasn't a music education program but we did were offered a couple of music education courses one was elementary music methods where we kind of got a general sense of approaching elementary teaching things and then we had our secondary which would had to do with a lot of band and then conducting mm-hmm. core and a lot of and it was really specifically choral conducting that was our big focus on it and part of it going back to our elementary we did get to actually go and teach at elementary we got a class to teach in uh secondary for me during that time I took it for some reason we didn't 
I'm I think maybe sure. it was wow. time constraint, maybe. Maybe, maybe time, time because you have to schedule out, you know, our coordinator had to reach out to the schools and, you know, schedule C, we'd come over. I don't think it worked out for some reason that semester. And then um, choral conducting, we did it amongst our peers. Mm-hmm. And so... When we tell you, <laughs> doing a lesson amongst your peers is so different when you're teaching amongst kids. Woo, it's very, very different. Yeah, it, it really... <laughs> yeah, it is. And and that's the thing, too. Besides that, you're, and I mentioned in, I think, in our previous episode, where you get the most experience is in that classroom. Yep. You can teach in front of your peers, because it is convenient. It gives you practice to teach in front of others. But when you're trying to practice elementary lessons on your peers, well, of course, we all know what a quarter note is. And so we all have to pretend that we don't. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to, because we know the answer to it. So we did get practice, but, and we had our peers, they, we acted because we were one of the ones we acted crazy to throw off our, you know, not intentionally like throw off to, you know, mess them up, but we had to kind of act like little kids, yes. you know, and it is different. It's, it, it's different. It's hard to act like little kids when you already know what's coming up to expect, because when you're act dealing with people that are acting versus with kids itself is so different. Mm-hmm. It is very, very different. Even as we got into our education classes, a lot of it was in or peers. And so the same thing. And then it gets, then of course, when it's your kids that may have, you know, your 504s, your IEPs, that's mm-hmm. a completely different case. So it kind of gives you a, inside of what you may expect but of course it does not prepare you for does not replace the real thing yeah it really does not and so speaking of our education course once you complete we completed completed those gen eds we had to interview Mm -hmm. and we had to do a mock interview had to take and that's where you had to take all your tests like the basic skills test not quite the um it's not like the pre- it's not the practice, but like the basic skills test was to test: can you do basic math, basic reading, basic in- English and grammar skills? Yeah. Just to just to process like the basic things in order to really get into the education uh, major. There was a lot of like obstacles. You had to get a background check beforehand. Yeah. You had to get fingerprint. Fingerprint. Yeah. Fingerprint. Background check, and then you had to pass the basic skills test then you have to get a mock interview like you just mentioned and you have to pass with a certain score i remember they told us that you have to pass within a certain score then your education advisor or the professor that led the interviews told you whether you passed or failed and like even if you did all the steps beforehand but you didn't pass that interview you wouldn't be able to get into the education courses until the next semester to interview again so it was a difficult process just to get in, but that was how they can weed the people that are, you know, meant to be educators and people that are not meant to be educators. It, it was it was a lengthy process, but it's doable. Yeah, it was a lot. Like you had to, and we had. I think there was one class we had to take before that. They give yeah. There was one class we had to take before we had to get into the process. Yeah, because that was prep course. Yes, yeah, yeah. a prep course that basically yes we had to, um, we had to yes get our background check as Jamal said, and take tests. Course requirements. Yep. And 
I don't think the practice was required. Yeah, I think that was more. That was after we yeah, came through. That was after, yes. So, and yes, they used that as method of, okay, are you able to do the work to have what it takes to become an educator? Are you able to function as a yeah, normal adult before you get into a classroom full of kids? And are we ever ready? Yeah. <laughs> are we even ready then? But, um, yes, it was a, it was a, not really, it was a kind of lengthy process. But once you're in, then you finally can start your education classes. And that's where we get into the pedagogy. We get into the philosophies, theories theories of teaching, and also a lot of lesson planning. And Mm -hmm. yes, lesson planning. And then finally it gets you to where it's prepping you to be able to start your internship. And so, and again, during the education course, how they split it up was a with our certification is p through 12 however they stuck us and also not us but if you were teaching like history and if you're teaching family consumer science or business then you were grouped with the secondary so all of our classes had to were secondary and our less maybe middle school so really middle school to high school i think unless if you wanted to specifically do, do elementary, elementary, then you'll be grouped with the elementary ones. Then you'll be grouped, I think. We were not pop 100%, but that I think that you were able to group with the lower elementary. Um, but it was, yeah, it was mostly with secondary. So our lesson plannings and our immersion labs which is basically where we had to get placed with the teacher for about a few weeks at least eight weeks it was a about two months yeah yeah and to be able to sit and observe and then you get to teach a class and really it was doing to prep us for a tpa that was coming up yeah that was the new fresh thing they were adding in across the country and we were the, I think they told us we were the first ones. Where it counted. Where, where it counted. Yes. Like we were the first ones to test out and be actually graded and scored and counted for Ed TPA. Yes. <laughs> we were the ones. We were the so, winners <laughs> where <laughs> Ed TPA started to count. And this was, so we were at education. It's funny because education does change constantly. And so as we started off. We were, yes, the guinea pigs that were set up to, all right, well, you're it, so let's do it. Oh, where we man. actually had to pay for it, and then you had to go $300 and, dollars yeah, just to input your scores. Cheap. It's not cheap. And um, so we had, well, I was fortunate enough that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> let, let, a, let's tell this story. Yeah. So in that time we were interning at EdTPA was going on, they and we had to meet like several times throughout our internship every single month, really every other week, to uh, meet and talk about different parts that had to be written down and sent off into our like ETPA profile so we can be reviewed and get questions on because there was a, so many details that went into everything we had to write about our particular lesson for ETPA, and so the. Uh, our leader of that, our uh, person that was running that, our coordinator for that, she gave an opportunity for, was it two people to win a scholarship or one person? I think two. No, I think it was two for secondary and two, two for, for elementary. Yeah, two for secondary, two for elementary to win a scholarship to get their EdTPA scores uh, 
past. And there was a time we were both sitting down writing our NTPA stuff, and you're just like, man, it would be nice if I could get that scholarship. You said it loud and clear. Then the next, I think a couple days later, we got in there and said, so the winners of the NTPA scholarship is Lily Mitchell. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, wow, look at that. Oh, look at God. <laughs> won't he do it? Won't he do it, yeah. So, so what a blessing. Yeah. Yeah, it was a blessing. It was it was such a blessing. But it, it's not <laughs> cheap. And Mm-mm. it is cheap. Like, I was already prepared, you know, but just, it was helpful. And so, but it's not cheap. It, it's crazy. And then the practices was another expense yes. that, I, no, there was no scholarships, unfortunately, for that. But, um. <laughs> the practices is, if I, I don't know if the prices went up since the time we took it, but I remember it was 150 yeah, it test. was it was in a it was in the hundred range. I, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it you know it's not cheap. They it's while you wish it was cheaper than all that, included but... in what we already have to pay for for our tuition anyway. But that it is what it is. So unless they change that, you know, it, it's not cheap. So there was other tests. So once you pass those tests, then you could finally intern, mm-hmm. and your placement was depending on uh. It was around our area, and then depending on what you want to do. So for me, I was fine with the elementary placement and at high school. And for me, I was um, just all secondary. I, I just wanted to teach band and do secondary, middle school, high school. I was totally fine and cool with that. So that's where my placement was. It was a mixture between a middle school and a high school that entire semester that we interned. Right. So <laughs> we did that. And I do want to ask you. Um, oh. Yes, Mr. Jamal. I do want to ask you, now looking back, especially now being a current elementary, an awesome elementary music teacher. Oh, I thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) What would you say to people, do you regret not doing the elementary placement? I do. Uh, I don't regret being in the middle school high school placement right, right. because I, I love those kids to death those kids now are seniors i'm like oh my gosh like <laughs> those six so those sixth graders that i taught all those years ago they're seniors now i'm like oh my gosh why but i do regret not getting that elementary experience i wish i took the time to get into an elementary classroom do a lesson watch the day today see how things worked during that time as elementary because that would have prepared me more for transitioning into it i had into an elementary school i had a very difficult time transitioning from being a band director my very first year into an elementary teacher my very second year it was complete contrast and those two totally different animals teaching middle schoolers are way different than teaching elementary school kids <laughs> way 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 different so i wish i had the knowledge and experience beforehand before I dived into that aspect but do I regret teaching um, middle school and high school babies nah I don't because love them to death and they're seniors now and I wish them all the best and god bless and congratulations because goodness (laughs) goodness what I taught y'all whoo y'all were great but now y'all gonna keep going doing greater things but yes I wish I had that elementary knowledge I wish I wish I wish I did (laughs) Before I stepped into it now, but I mean, hey, I'm kicking it. We, we, I'm kicking. We vibing. We vibing. We rolling. We good. So, but what about your placement? Let's talk about our internship placement just a little bit, just a little bit. I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and start. But um, for my placement, 
it was a mixture of the middle school and high school and great it was very great because they were all in that area the middle school and high school was all in that same area and right next to the university and all the band directors worked together at each of the schools so i traveled to three different schools every single day and we started with the middle school that we started with the it was the intermediate school but it was considered a middle school like fifth and sixth graders so we started with sixth grade band in the morning all the band directors met there in the morning and helped those like five to six classes then we transitioned to the middle school for two classes and then we went on to the high school for one class which was the big band class and then to the marching band after school so that was our daily schedule and i really wouldn't get home until like seven eight o'clock each day and then wake up six o'clock every morning to do the same thing all over again and we did that for several months did that for several months until it was time for graduation and in that time we had to prepare the ed tpa i had to prepare a lesson for ed tpa record it send it off uh pay for it and then send it and then graduate in that time and it was a it was a difficult process but the best thing about that was we didn't follow our university calendar we followed the that school district's calendar the, and the best thing about it was on the days where the university kids had to go to school and the days we were off hey we got to stay home and rest and sleep and whatnot and we didn't get to go in because we had to follow a teacher's schedule whatever the teachers did that's exactly what we had to do to prepare us for what's going to be like inside of a classroom when i tell you when that internship when you step into a classroom full of kids they hand you an instrument and they say teach this instrument go ahead they handed me a clarinet and a saxophone and stuck me in a room with 23 <laughs> sixth graders to teach clarinet and saxophone I remember this. I'm like, oh, I'm a brass player. I play trombone. Okay, let's make it work. And you just, <laughs> you just got, you just got to make it happen. So me being brass, I'm not particularly good with woodwinds and percussion. But that year, you had to learn. Like you had to dig in, practice by yourself, and just do it because those kids are counting on you to know exactly what to do in order to properly teach them. If you can't do it man it's it's gonna be a rough ride so you have to be physically mentally prepared to do something outside of your comfort zone i think that's what teaching is mainly about go out of your comfort zone and just doing your job as best as you can what about you what was your internship experience like right so uh-huh. i did again i did the two different placements my first placement started out at high school high school band and my um my placement was an hour away from where we live <laughs> so yes <laughs> i had the fortunately they didn't start till 8 30 so i even though i had to be up early and drive i didn't have to get up like super super early you know like five o'clock to get down there i had to be there by eight so but i had the a lengthy commute for a couple of months so the hour drive there, same thing. Um, is of course, and especially during the fall semester, it's marching band season. Mm-hmm. So just like you, they we had after school practices, and that lasted till about roughly five o'clock. Uh, about three, about three days a week. So by the time we got home, all said and done, yes, it was about six. Mm-hmm. You know, six, seven o'clock. Not only that, ball games. So I'm getting home like That's right. yes, right. getting home at like about. 
Friday, you know, Friday nights, it's about 11 o'clock because you stay there until directors go home. Mm-hmm. And competitions, sometimes Saturdays. So that was all day. And then mostly that turned to an all day thing, all night thing. So it was a lot of long days and hours, but we're used to it because that's typically what we have known and done for so long, except we're just on the other side of it. So the day to day, we did a lot of marching band stuff. I, uh, with this high school, I did work with them before previously during band camps. I worked with their front ensemble. So I did a lot of that work, um, with it. And, Really with the high school experience, I ended up doing my lessons with the with a class, kind of like a small music, general music class. Not really, kind of like a general music class. Like almost. a small elective class. Yeah, a small yeah. elective class where there was just some band kids there. They kind of their extracurricular, they stay and pass off, do lessons and mm-hmm. uh whatnot so i did my work with them to turn into a tpa and i did get to work with the band some i didn't really have a lot of the experience of working with the band as much as i would have liked to and this is not to talk bad or anything with placement but because my placement was awesome um my directors were awesome to work with the kids were great to work with um and yeah pretty much like you they've all graduated the the last group the group i worked with um they're graduating this year so (laughs) yeah it makes you just feel like so old now because even just four years ago it's like wow um they're already you know about to move on and go to college or the workforce and move on with their lives so it's wild to think about however it was a, it was a nice experience overall. I enjoyed my time there. It got me, you know, a little bit behind the scenes to be able to see what it's like. Uh, then about midway October, I swapped to an elementary placement, and the difference with the elementary place, it was wonderful as well. My teacher there was amazing to work with, and one it was like the difference between okay dealing with high school kids and now dealing with a bunch of elementary kids and i was thrown in there like the second day they asked me like hey do you want to teach recorder so and he's like you know a little about i was like yeah i know a little about recorder and (laughs) she threw me in immediately so all right go ahead and do it and so i taught my first third grade class recorders because they were starting they were already on recorders for a little while and i just taught and so she was quick to throw me in because she's like, I know you can do it. But really, I got a lot of elementary experience because she threw me in and got to plan and got to do things, you know. So, oh, wow. that, yeah, she threw me in. Um, she had like an after school choir group. And so, um, of course, not extensive staying after school. We did have to stay after school about once a week with them. But prepare for their Christmas concert. And so just doing that and that experience was an experience in itself. So I felt I was glad to be able to do both placements. And I do recommend, yes, if you are, even if you think you don't want to do elementary, even if, or high school or middle school, please like take the time to get your experience with both because you never know. And especially Mm -hmm. in this job market, 
the only job that you may be that may be available for you to take is elementary. Yeah. And their the only job you may be able to take is probably middle school or high school. And and that's the thing too is that and that's another discussion for another day, but elementary is a an adventure in its own self. And a lot of people unfortunately treat elementary as they put it on the back burner. Mm-hmm. They treat it as not as significant as, oh, just being the band director. There's so, so much more. We are, and besides, here's the thing. We didn't major in band directing. We majored at to be a music the educator. Teacher. And that involves teaching all. From the littlest to the smallest, all the way to the biggest. Mm-hmm. And so that's the important thing for us to hold on to is that we it's band director and this is my my personal opinion you know see it as you see it but band directing is not the end all be all there's we are music educators and we are versatile and we are able to adapt in many different ways and shapes and forms including the people the lives we touch from the smallest youngest kids to the oldest kids and so when we start when we start realizing that i think that we can become a little have a little bit more peace and joy about it because not everybody sees that and we get disappointed and some people not really we isn't us but you know some can get disappointed when we don't think about it that way so and that that's a whole nother discussion for that's, another time. Well, you spend some word right there. No, it, it's, it's, it's 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 facts. It's facts. It's true. Like I'm gonna be Big real. When facts. I say I'm be real, I'm real. It is not the end all be all. It Keep is it just another part in what the role that we can play as a music educator. And so that's right. That that's the important thing. I just want to share while I'm thinking about it, just to share with you is that we are educators. We're music educators. We are certified P through twelve. So we just have that much more awesomeness in ourselves to be able to reach any audience. Remember what we said in the very beginning? We create a positive impact with our words, with our curriculum, no matter what we do. Being a part of this major, being a part of the education field, you have the opportunity to spread a positive impact no matter where you go. From the elementary field to the secondary field from teaching boom whackers and recorders to conducting the largest orchestra in the world you create a positive impact through music and i think that's what our majors are truly about yes all right y'all welcome to our planning period a segment where we discuss different types of media that brings us joy and distresses us from a long day of teaching All right, so what is bringing you joy this week, Jamal? <laughs> you know, you always bring me joy day to day, every every single week. You know, you bring me joy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad I do, honey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> what's bringing us, bringing me joy this week, I started reading this book in the middle of last year, and I'm picking it back up in the new year because I finally got time to read now, and this is called um, Black Klansmen by Ron Stallworth. I'm a huge fan of reading crime stories, criminal stories, law and order, and just interested in just how the criminal justice system affects us on a daily basis. So I 
have picked up the book Black Klansman. It's about this um, black police detective in the from the 1970s, and they had an undercover operation where this black man infiltrated the Ku Klux Klan, and it is a invigorating, intense story of like how he felt going through the police force as a black person being an activist, a civil rights activist in the 1970s but also how it was he became infiltrated into the Klux clan he has a membership car pictures with some of the members and tons of stories of like what they did to go through it it's even a a movie by spike lee directed by spike lee so i would recommend you pick up a copy of black klansman it is a very great book very interesting read but also it is a very great movie to watch also so what about you all right, so um, something that has brought me joy this week actually is music, and it is Lizzo. Hey. Yeah, so Lizzo is a talented black female musician, artist, singer, all of the above, and I have been vibing with her album special that mm-hmm. came out last year. And what's funny is that you know Jamana, we went to her concert live in Nashville at the end of last year in October. And that was, that was such an amazing experience because we, we go to concerts, you know, small concerts. We've been to, you know, orchestras and seen national symphony, but to actually go and experience a artist together in person, that was a whole nother experience. Uh, I've been listening to Lizzo for, you know, a couple of years now. And I was just, when I heard she was coming close by, I was like, yeah, we got to go. Let's just do it. Let's go. So we went and we had an amazing time. Um, the opening was Big Lotto. She is a black female rapper, um, another artist. She brought the energy. And then when Lizzo came out, everything just blended together. And it's cool to remind us that how music plays such a, an important role in all of our lives. We were able to stop what we're doing and we're able to just, you know, enjoy it together. We had our phones up, waving side to side. We were able to dance and sing. And then she is also an amazing, Lizzo is an amazing flute player. So being able to finally see that in life, her playing the flute and she is classically trained. A classically trained artist. She went and she did band in middle school, high school, and she went to college for it. Yes, she did. And of course, um, she was she was able to be uh, trained in that. She went to college. But however, she's now performing all over the world with it now. So that is just that is that is just some major black girl magic. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Just just amazing. So I'm just super stoked with her music. Again, her album is special. Um, and also, if you're interested and want to know our experience, if you have HBO, also you can see her concert live. Mm-hmm. It's recorded and a documentary where she explains her life and how she has gotten to the moment to where she is. So if you have nothing else to listen to or need something new, please check out Special by Lizzo and our recommendations will be linked down below will be linked down below as well all right to continue our talk with reality check we now want to kind of 
take a different shift and talk about some things that we have faced reality in in our actual teaching job. So we shared with you some things that we went through our undergrad, basically just a straight up scratch the surface of this was what it was like to get through our undergrad career, just the surface of it and being a music educator. So um, now we're going to take the time to dive into some of the reality things that we have faced. So Jamal, do you want to start us off with um, some things that you have guessed reality checked? Yeah, um, I got you. So going in to the first year, first few years of teaching, um, literally the reality of it is that sometimes you're going to have to get out of your ego um you know if you step into the classroom with an ego the kids will not respond to you especially if you're inheriting a program we're the educators and from now on forevermore we're going to be inheriting a program whether it's elementary program or it's a band program it doesn't matter we're inheriting years and years of a legacy built up from people that came before us so now we have to set the tone and set the standard of what we want, but also to keep the kids engaged and enjoyed in what we are doing. I stepped in with an ego and the kids were not responding to me at first because they had a band director that was there for um, four to five years, then had to leave unexpectedly. And then I step in as a fresh young face. They don't know who I am. They don't know where I come from. I wasn't even part of that area or that community. They didn't know. And I came in with all these ideas to get them to respond to me they weren't responding to me so I had to chill out and listen to them and ask them okay what do you guys want well we want to do this that and the other it's like okay cool do you know how to do this that and the other and like no I, we don't it's like okay if you allow me to teach you the basics and fundamentals so you can do this that and the other would you be able to do that so like, yeah we can do that that's where I built that rapport with my students and that kind of smooth out the edges around my first year there was still a lot of edges around my first year but it smoothed it out a little bit especially with my kids that's the important part it was for the kids then transitioning into uh, my second job and my second third year now at this job it um I had to really relearn a lot of things kind of like going back to my first year of teaching all over again I the kids didn't know me I'm inheriting a program for somebody this time hearing a music program for somebody that's been there for 32 years and now I have to figure out okay what do I need to do to engage the kids but how do I teach elementary kids how do I engage kids for 30 minutes at a time how do I differentiate my instruction across pre-k through fifth grade and I followed a lot of that Quaver curriculum but I didn't put a lot of like of like myself into it because I didn't know exactly what I was doing. So I had to relearn a lot of different things. So I think um, the reality of that is for me is that you're going to have to take time to figure out a lot of different things on your own and by yourself and also step out of your ego and ask questions. Ask for help. Ask questions. You were a lot of help when I was going through my second job because I asked you questions like, okay, how do I do this? How do I teach a chord note to a bunch of kindergartners? Why do I need to teach kindergartners on a bunch of chord note? Like, what are the songs, what are some separate songs I can do to, like, teach them this one basic concept that I already know? It's just a whole lot of different things. But be prepared to ask a lot of questions going through your year, your first few years. But also 
don't be afraid to ask for help and step out of yourself a little bit so you can be there for your kids. I think that was my reality going through. And I'm still learning that right now as a, I'm not the big bad person going through here. I'm, I'm the uh, big dog stepping into the classroom. Like, no, I'm just a regular dude, a nerd, regular nerdy dude teaching music to a bunch of kids and the kids enjoy music. I got to make them enjoy it just like I did. So, yeah. Right. That's good. And I agree with that because part of it, especially through our program, a lot of it was really because we were band instrumentalists, mm-hmm. very band focused, very band heavy. And as for, even from the music side into the education side, being able to come out of it and then you're thinking, oh, I'm going to be a, which we all aspire to be, a band director. Um, that was our big focus on. And that was really our focus through college. It wasn't the reality of, oh, well, there's other jobs that is going to be open I'll accept that. And Mm -hmm. so you either have to face the music literally and take another job that you may not be as comfortable with or not have a job at all that is completely outside of your field and what you may not want to be doing. And so that was a big reality, just finding jobs in the middle of the year, what jobs are available, what, what jobs are open, but no matter what you're stepping into, just know that what you teach and what your no matter what grade level it makes a difference when you're teaching in a classroom all by yourself than versus yeah amongst your peers because this is the real deal you got kids all different ages you have all different personalities all different needs that need to be met and so when you walk in and that's the big mistake when you walk in sometimes we um have a very high expectation of them Mm -hmm. and because we were we had a very high expectation of ourselves from from ourselves and from others that we have to be held at a high standard at all times especially in our band program we had to be the best of the best we had to have that high expectation of we're here to do our best and we have to make every time count everything count so what happens is when we often went into that if we approach that in the same way as a group of even for me elementary we can find ourselves hurt like really mm-hmm. we can find our as jamal's mentioned ego our pride hurt because it can it will not turn out it won't turn out as you expect Mm -hmm. you know every little thing you think from being conditioned so many years of okay this must be executed this way this must be perfect this must be executed this way clean cut straight to the point and here you are you're teaching your class and you are basically (laughs) kind of going around in circles at Mm -hmm. some point because your expectations of oh okay it's going to go like this is not often reality so, yes, I 100% agree with you, agree with Jamal. You have to really, really sit down and reflect and remember your why. Because if you go in with one mindset of this is always the way I've done it, then you're going to find yourself really disappointed you are because it's not going to be the same thing. And so, yes, you got the tools that will help you prepare, but really – what our college programs don't prepare us for and really can't prepare us for is just life itself 
and dealing with people and dealing with personalities. Mm -hmm. So disappointment is real, you know. Frustrations with ourselves is real. But it's a part of the process. But yes, part of the process. It is, and it is part of the process. It's part of our learning process. So it doesn't mean to just go and you know want to give up. It just means we have to really self reflect and just sit and think. Okay. I need to step out and just be like, it's not about me anymore. It's about our kids. What do I need to do? And it, it involves changes. You know, what you're doing may not work, you know, um, especially as for even just as simple as when we were working band camps, we go in with the expectation of our college band is not the same as this high school band we're working with. Mm-hmm. So when we go in with that, we're just like, oh, yeah, well, we were up. We, we stood all day. Kids sit down. I mean, why are y'all sitting down for? We were up for two hours. But they're not us right remember we are here in college we're here because we chose to be here we chose to be in this field whereas a lot of these kids a lot of these students that are coming up and that we've taught they're only there for the moment in high school chances are they're not going into band or being a music major in college they're there for the experience experience for the enjoyment and one thing is that we never want to take that away so I will say definitely the reality of things is, yes, it <laughs> it doesn't really prepare us for the life itself. And it's really just us and our experience. That's what's going to um, make it worthwhile. I will say also another thing is lessons, you know, lesson planning. In school, we were required to have these extensive de- detailed lesson plans and the reality is, is that yes, for the most part, your lesson plans depend on what, you know, how your admin, your district requires them. We're still required to submit our lesson plans weekly. And it's funny that all these long, intricate, detailed lesson plans, the more detailed, the better. You find that one with time, you know, especially planning periods, we kind of mentioned that before. Time is of the essence. And then also the reality of what may work that we may think works Mm -hmm. will probably not work. Mm -hmm. And especially when you're differentiated between different grade levels, at least five or six different grade levels in elementary and even within grade levels, classes, Mm -hmm. because one class is not like the other. And so you may find that, yes, you still need to have a plan, what you're going to do, but you have to be adapt adapting and be able to be well flexible is really the word I'm looking for and yeah. be able to adjust because it's hard in itself to, if you stay rigid and oh, I needed this and have these long details. Cause I learned quickly my first year when I wrote out this lesson plan, cause that's all I knew, you know, and you only go based off of what you know. Yeah. And so yes, it's better to have enough because you know, things happen. You may have told your class longer, or whatever else come reason comes up you're going to want to have this detail because if something fails you need to have a like backup plan definitely do not be afraid to change that's another thing yes do not be afraid of change that's what education is about that's what your students are about especially if you're teaching um elementary through like middle school you're going to watch them like grow and change so you're going to have to change with them and from my experience, teaching this first grade class, this one concept, 
is going to be different teaching the other first grade classes different concepts so you're going to have to modify and change your style and mode of teaching in that split second when you're transitioning between classes like that's a uh something that i had to learn the hard way because i um my school is full of um special ed students like we're mainly special ed students so i have to specifically modify my lessons like whereas you went into huge detail i have to go into huge detail now because of that so now i have to do that and that's it helped me a whole lot to figure out okay how does my brain process the information how does their brains process the information how do i modify how do i change in a split second when i'm teaching about quarter notes or if i'm teaching about long sounds short sounds all this different kinds of stuff so do not be afraid to change anything that you are doing. Yeah, and I agree um, to that with um, teaching our students. We usually refer to them as our adaptive class mm -hmm. where we have a, a lot of students who are in the more restrictive special educational mm -hmm. environment. A lot of which really have a lot of IEPs, 504s that are grouped together. And the thing with our adaptive students is that, yes, you do have to modify a lot um, because what you may do with one class, it will not specifically work with them. So it's really just about finding a balance of what they like. And that's not really taught yet. They touch on, you know, how to expect like they do. We do. They do offer a class where you are dealing with those who have exceptional needs and you get little tidbits of information of how to handle, but it is a difference, especially when you are in school and especially as a specialist teacher, whether it be PE, art, you have, you see the entire school. And so when you're, it's a difference when you're a classroom teacher, you may only have a couple students in your class, you know, that are, that really have to have the extra attention. They have aides that come in to help help the students out um, and sometimes they're not even there with their class all day they come you know specifically at, specifically at certain times they may come with your class at music or they may come as their own class itself and that's mm -hmm. what and I have experience with our you know our adaptive class now at my current job there uh, versus my previous one um, I don't really see that many as I used to at my previous job and so you have to make sure that yes, that's a whole different thing with them. It's because you have to suit and modify it for their needs. Well, exactly what they need. Cause that's going to look a lot different. Mm -hmm. And even though our classes do um, touch on it, of course it's not, of course, like I said, with any class, it's not going to be really a preparing reality preparing you until you actually face it. And then you have, you're constantly adapting, what goes well and what doesn't go well and so that that is that's a big thing in itself because you you don't really it's always expecting the unexpected you know sometimes it can go well and then sometimes it, it won't go well sometimes it feels like you won't get anything done but that's okay and all or even when it doesn't but then when you don't feel like you get anything anything done you do end up getting at least something done because you still are exposing and giving the joy of music to all and 
gotta prioritize definitely yeah prioritize what needs to be done first over what needs to be done later if you don't get it done that day do it the next day or if it doesn't get done that week do it the next week prioritize what needs to be done first you can even do that going through your education classes and music classes um a little piece of advice from my professor that i had love love the man because uh he broke it down to me like education music education majors we have to practice four hours two to four hours a day but and performance majors had to practice six hours a day he said you can't sit there and practice two and a half to three hours in one sitting it just it, nothing's going to be made made to sound like you're making progress because you're just sitting there beating a dead horse what you have to do is break it up over time throughout your day throughout the week to get the adequate amount of practice time like even if it goes to 15 to 30 minutes in one sitting focus on one thing and then move on to another thing do your class come back do another 15 30 minute session you can do that with your planning that's what kind of what my planning is and really the way my planning is it kind of prepared me for that that kind of tidbit actually prepared me for that the way i did my classes the way i did my practicing time is the way i'm doing my classes now uh, that's a little 15 30 minutes that i have to plan and take a breather i focus that time to do something that's going to be productive for me in my classes so prioritize what you need done and just be ready to change when you need to right and i agree because you can't it's impossible to try to get everything done even in one day sometimes mm-hmm. you do have to prioritize leave it at home and then just come back to it the next day because it can be very overwhelming and to where it's like yeah you have to do this because here's the thing the easiest thing and i think i've heard it from jamal but the easiest thing that we worry about is ever in our field is just teaching the music Mm -hmm. that and that we find that very true teaching the music is the easiest thing Mm -hmm. it's other things as we mentioned you know lesson planning um, for us yes because like i said when you you go in the behavior issues that our peers act out is not the same thing as behavior issues as we are experiencing in the classroom and that's when you have several students in that one class that do that. And not mm-hmm. only that one class, but then there's multiple classes. You'll have a few students that you will have to adapt for. You'll have um, different ranges of students and their personalities and their growth levels. And so that's with that and then how to accommodate those on top of those students that really need the additional support, those that still need a support through their 504s, their IEP plans. Mm-hmm. You know, that's another thing um, to be able to complete other tasks that's involved as mean because not only, you know, I'm kind of quoting a great educator that I follow, um, Frank Willis, if mm-hmm. you haven't heard of him, wonderful educator that I've gotten to look up um, and follow on Instagram and other social media, but we are more than a music teacher. And because we do so much more than just teach the music. It's not just about, oh, you know, we're going to sing songs and, you know, we're going to do a dance. No, there's so much more. We're involved in so much more and doing so much more. And so that's why, yeah, it's it's important to prioritize and ground yourself to be able to continue forth and to do what we're called to do. 
That's right. That's right. That's right. Any other thoughts? Wisdom you want to nuggets of wisdom you want to <laughs> drop onto the folks? Um, I will say, I guess our to close it out. I guess one final thought that we could like to say, and I'm gonna ask you. So mm-hmm. straight up on the spot. So, is there anything in our college experience that you found that wish that maybe you would hope to seen as you came through undergrad to help you out through your journey now as an educator? Hmm. Mm, that's a good question. Ooh, we. That's a good question. I guess I wish we would have seen a lot more diversity in our classes and a lot more people that look like us go through our major. Yes, I know our school was a PWI, but it just kind of seemed like black and brown people were encouraged to go into education. So there wasn't a whole lot of us in those classes or especially talking about black and brown people in music you know we always you know we always talk about jazz our school was just known for playing jazz doing jazz Mm -hmm. music jazz things but jazz music was written and created by black people and so we don't talk about that enough and so i wish we would have had a lot more black people going through education but as music education specifically but i also wish we had a lot more talks about like the important faces and composers and just producers of like the field that we are in. We just do not see a whole lot of us and talk about a whole lot of us in just music education, really music. Right. I I agree with that because like I said, being very, one of the very few that was in our, especially on the music side, really both sides, music and education. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as getting to class talks, I think what really would have helped us to better prepare ourselves to the diversity of students we're serving is having that. Um, if I recall, there was really one professor that we had that actually, especially like I will go ahead and mention, you know, during Black History Month, that actually took the time to play music for us to be able to talk about it too. And even so, it was little that meant a lot because mm-hmm. it was a moment where we we're actually seeing it acknowledged, you know, even though it was small, it meant something big to us. And so, yeah, I think that would have helped us to better prepare because, you know, getting out into the teaching world and especially with our populations, we teach major- a large diverse population of students. Both of us do in our same districts. But to be able to not now to not be an educator, but to be able to a student with that, that would have made a world of difference mm-hmm. because it affects how we teach even too. you know, how, how are we able to be able to fully serve our students that are like us when we're not really being taught a lot that look by a lot that looks like us. We're not being taught by many that look like us. We're not being taught content that really relates to what um, we're into. So I agree, too. I think the one thing that I really take home from our undergrad that I wish there would have more of 
besides the fact that yes, we can't be prepared for life until we actually go into it because life itself is the best experience. But, um, I would say, really, I would say I wish the content, Mm -hmm. you know, especially I wish there was more offered with music educational courses Mm -hmm. because like I said, there was only really two, one in elementary, one in secondary Secondary. and especially for elementary and just education in general, a lot of our materials and not just in those classes, but other classes were pretty outdated and there were things that were used a, you know, what worked with the generation of students then, but now, and even so the things that we're seeing now, you know, the generation is moving faster and faster away from things that have, um, already even been put out, you know, if you, and the great example is you play a song from a few months ago, the kids are going to treat it like, Oh, it's old. It's old. You know, <laughs> they're mm-hmm. gonna be like, oh, it's yep. old, it's boring. Absolutely. Like, I remember even younger kids, like kindergarten, I mentioned playing this song, just like, oh, that song's for babies. And it's just like, y'all are like, babies. Like, y'all in kindergarten, like, what are you talking about? But they're like, oh, that's so, it's so babyish. It's like, and then don't get me started. If you mention Kids Bop to fourth and fifth grade now, they, oh my gosh. No, they'd be bumping that radio with right. their parents early in the morning on like 103.1 right. every day. Right, and don't get me wrong, nothing wrong with that. But it's it's crazy to see how this generation is just, when with the air of technology, things are just moving so fast. But one thing I do, of course, um, really wish was that with our music, there was more offer of music education classes mm-hmm. and more of a chance to adapt to things that, are more for us and that's just in general anyway but really because as we go out the reality is is that we from what we were taught we found a lot that that wasn't really us Mm -hmm. to an extent and so when we got out there and trying to find ourselves as educators we were off we mimic what we are taught and that's with anything but when we're not really within a curriculum that is made for us and is a representation of us through pictures, through songs, through movies, um, well, educational videos, that's really what I'm saying there. It's hard to help us to adapt and find a groove of who we truly were. And so it took a lot of work on us to, you know, before we even had Quaver, because I, my first job, I remember we didn't even have Quaver to like, my second year and so finding materials and things it was very hard to do because we were used to the same i was used to the same thing Mm -hmm. and so being stuck inside that shell almost was almost like a it was kind of hard to be stuck in a shell and then eventually to find that wow there's not a lot of content out there for us made by us and so now Fast forward, there's a lot of content that has been made, found and made. So, made by us. Yeah, made by us. So it's exciting to see the change in that. So that's what I would say, too. So, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Any final Everybody. thoughts? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I think I think that's a, I think that's a good place where we can end right there. I, I think that's an awesome place right there. And just a good drop the mic final gem we can give to the people. So, yeah, I think that's good. Right, I'm glad. So that was not awesome, and 
we thank y'all for listening again and as I as we said before we are here for you if you don't mind please listen give a like and review to our podcast and we can't wait for you to vibe with us as we start the next one thank you thank you peace out What's up, y'all? Thank you very much for listening to another episode of The Chromatic Duo. For updates, you can follow us on our Facebook page, The Chromatic Duo Podcast, and our Instagram, at The Chromatic Duo. If you want to reach out to us by email, our email is thechromaticduo at gmail.com. Goodbye for now.